This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is Gigi Wellblade, BFM's video game show. We're going to get an update on the GPU situation right now as the market slowly stabilizes. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ang. Hello folks, we're going to start today's news with a story that's not really surprising, all things considered. Ubisoft's Skull and Bones has been delayed again with the new deadline now set to the 9th of March 2023. Ubisoft previously said that the game will be finally released on the 8th of November this year after multiple delays. That release date was just announced in July after years of silence. And now they're delaying the game again to no one's surprise. According to the team, the game needs more polish and balancing and they need more time to work on that. A report by Kotaku also said that the teams working on the game are now burnt out. If that is indeed true, then we hope that they will get the break that they deserve. And despite the troubled development that the game has faced for many years now, which we have spoken about on the show before, at the end of the day, it's good if they don't really rush the release of the game and continue polishing it as much as they can. Mm, moving on, Google's cloud streaming game service Stadia will be saying goodbye to the industry as it will finally close its curtains early next year. According to Google, Stadia will shut down its platform and online servers from the 18th of January 2023. That means that after that date, you won't be able to access the Stadia service in any way, shape or form. Google will be offering refunds for all Stadia hardware purchases, be it Stadia controllers, Founders Edition, Premier Edition and Play and Watch with Google TV packages through the Stadia store. Stadia Pro subscriptions won't be refunded, unfortunately, but gamers will be able to continue playing games in Pro without further charges until the final wind-down date. Those who have purchased the hardware will also not be required to return the hardware while the Stadia store and the multiple functions within it have been turned off to prevent any Stadia-related purchases or in-game transactions. Honestly, it's been a long time coming for the service as they have been struggling to survive in the industry despite cloud gaming becoming a bit more popular now. Mm, We think that accessibility and larger stable infrastructure not being able to support the console is also another problem. And with Stadia closing their first party game development and two studios earlier this year, the writing has been on the wall for quite some time. It's a shame for a concept that's pretty cool, but maybe not yet ready for the larger market. Would this be the end of Google's foray into the gaming industry? Only time will tell. Does this also say anything about whether cloud gaming has a future in the industry? That's definitely still up for debate. For the existing Stadia players that have their saves on the platform, some developers have offered to help players deal with their game saves by transferring it to other platforms. Ubisoft, Bungie and IO Interactive are among the developers that have said that they'll be working on a solution for players to be able to transfer their saves to other platforms. Mm, It's good that they are responding quickly to this and we hope that more developers will come forward to help other players who are in similar predicament. Last but not least, Tencent is reportedly going to be aggressive in their focus to buy majority stakes, mainly in overseas gaming companies. According to Reuters, this is going to be Tencent's way of battling the slowing growth in its home country of China. 
Tencent has been embarking on this project of acquiring minority stakes in gaming companies as a passive financial investor, but with this new move, they will look to own majority or controlling stakes in companies outside China. Insiders who are privy to the matter said that Tencent is primarily targeting gaming assets in Europe. They are also looking at companies that are working on the metaverse. Mm, looking back at the company's recent track record, you can tell that Tencent is beginning to get this plan in motion. They recently raised their stake in Ubisoft to 11%. Will we see Tencent going on a major buying spree in the future? Let's wait and see. That's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Ofnil. The GPU market has now stabilised after being in the doldrums for quite a while due to limited supply and extremely high demand. Najman Maliki joins us on the show to explain what has changed and whether this will be the current norm now. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, to plain the answer, I don't think we are out of the woods yet for in terms of chip shortages. <clears throat> I think the GPU sector, it is recovering quite well. But as you mentioned, I mean like, PS5 is still is still haunting a lot of people, including you. And I'm so sorry, um, but yeah, um, I think chip shortages is still rather relatively real. Um, you can see even iPhone 14, the base model is sticking to the previous chipsets, right? Um, uh, the Bionic A15 rather than going for the Bionic A16, because Apple is trying to reduce the number of A16 Bionic chips because. Um, of chip shortages, obviously. Um, so yeah, specifically speaking uh, about computers uh, and f- zooming into GPUs, especially, uh, it, it has been relatively good for the industry, um, for consumers specifically, right? And I think the GPU and I guess to a certain extent the PC building community um, is feeling a lot of um, relief mainly because of the market and the whole situation with cryptocurrencies. So I believe like towards the later part of 2021, um, the Chinese government actually announced um, that cryptocurrency would be made illegal. So that affected a lot of things, right? A lot of people, but it's still, it's still a relatively... Um, good market to get into, right? So if you if you want to, you just don't make money from from China, but you make you can make money elsewhere. And although there's a lot of miners in China, they can then still mine, but not you know um, sell off their coins in China. Maybe they can sell it off as elsewhere. Then a bit of a bit of work there, but still can make that work. But when they announced that, I think that's a low, that's a that's a deluge of that's an exodus, if you will, of miners going out of the business. And then, I guess, um, when Ethereum uh, earlier, uh, sorry, no, sometimes recently announced that um, they are moving to, or that they've, they've done the merge, and now it's a proof of work rather than proof of stake, um, they've basically closed off mining Ethereum as a whole, right? So you can continue to be in Ethereum, but you're you're sustaining the the blockchain rather than you're mining new coins. So having China as a whole blocking crypto and Ethereum being in proof of work after the merge, that basically just released a lot of um, 
not just GPUs but components into into the wild, right? People are selling off their systems and like shops who have uh, allocated a large amounts of uh, components for the mining sector now have just opened it up to the general public. So PSU prices, uh, power supply unit prices are, are going down as well. Um, obviously, everything else like motherboards, RAM have gone down by a lot. But GPU is in the limelight because of um, it being more, one, available, and two, affordable. Um, if I recall correctly, um, back in like early 2021, I really wanted to upgrade my gaming PC. So I really wanted to get myself a new RTX graphics card, a 3060. And I can't get a fresh card. Uh, I can only get it from Scalpers. And that goes up to around 6,000 ringgit. Um, but now, if you get yourself on a secondhand card, um, it's about 1,300. That's a huge drop. And if you have a bit more, if you have like 1,800 or so, it is available in shops. You can actually go and walk into like your PC component shops and actually get graphics card. You can actually get power supply units and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been great for gamers um, in Malaysia and around the world. Uh, and yeah, it's, I guess slight rejoice for the PC gamers, not so for the <laughs> PS lovers, though I would say. <laughs> all right. So, um, like you said earlier, now we can technically uh, get all these graphics cards. We don't have to go through scalpers; uh, they're now available in stock. Um, do shops and vendors here still use that cheeky bundle model to sell graphics cards to customers mm. now? Um, more and more are actually leading away from it. So I think there's some of them are still sticking to it, mainly because, well, you know, it's it's nicer to sell a, a whole cake than a slice of cake. But um, yeah, they, they've, they're leaning away from it. Most of them are leaning away from it, um, especially those bigger chains. Plus, nowadays with the buy now pay later schemes a lot more people are thinking of upgrading and the easiest component to basically just rev up your gaming experience would be a gpu and because of these two factors a lot of shop, a lot more shops now are selling it out of the bundle or at least allowing you giving you the option you can buy the bundle or we usually at a cheaper rate or you can actually buy the car itself and interestingly um I guess uh, it's not so helpful in the market as a whole, but if you get the bundle, they can now sell it lower than MSRP. So I've seen cards being sold, I mean like a 3060 being sold for like 1,300 or 1,400 in value um, if you get it in a, as a bundle. So yeah, that's that. But I'd, I'd definitely go for the non-bundle one and because you can now, yeah, um, uh, it's more available now. All right. So now that I guess the market has sort of stabilized uh, itself, um, do you see a lot of people buying uh, PC parts, PC components again? And I guess to get into PC gaming, to even to, to just build PC, right? Um, yeah. So do I see a lot more people getting, getting back into it? Um, yeah. So I would say I am the kind of person uh, in the family uh, that people go to to ask, hey, uh, what do I get? How do I get this stuff? Um, I want a game on PC. Where do I get it from? 
A lot more people have been asking me these questions, so I assume a lot more people are getting back into PC gaming or at least starting to build a PC again since the the squeeze is now uh, not not really there. Um, so I yeah, even my younger brother is actually um, upgrading his PC altogether. So he's buying everything from scratch again. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I do see a lot of people doing that. Another question is that: Do you foresee the market? being destabilized again in the future um i don't want to jinx it but i i don't i'm hoping and i don't see it being destabilized anytime soon um however we do have to speak about the elephant in the room which is uh, evga a very prominent um graphics card producer that works alongside nvidia closely they have actually announced that they will no longer be producing nvidia graphics card and I think to a certain extent, graphics card as a whole. So there's that. And if we see a lot more of this, um, we might see the the market being destabilized. But if you believe in free economy, free market, uh, people will fill the gap. Um, but yeah, uh, aside from that, I don't think uh, it will be destabilized anytime soon. It might actually be a lot better because of uh, the new... Uh, fabrication technologies and more more countries actually opening up um, fabrication uh, factories around the, the world especially like in for example the US Biden have announced uh, the chips bill um, and even in Malaysia actually a lot more um, factories are, have, have reopened or re- being restarted as a fabrication factory So yeah, I think manufacturing-wise, we actually might go into a much better time in the near future. But near future meaning probably 2023, not like next week lah. That was BFM's Najman Maliki sharing his observations of the GPU market at this moment in time. We're going to make way for some messages. More after this, stay tuned. This is Gigi Wallplayed on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. BFM's Najman Maliki joins me on the show to talk about graphics cards availability in the market currently. Since we're on the subject, we're going to look at the recent move by EVGA to pull out from the GPU market after a less than stellar relationship with NVIDIA. Here's Najman with the recap. Yeah, so I think um, NVIDIA, I think just as a, as a, um, uh, a background, a little bit into the GPU market. NVIDIA is a huge player uh, in the market because of their DLSS uh, dynamic uh, sampling and also an ray tracing technologies that basically um, creates better looking games, also helps better uh, video production and any scientific simulations as well. Um, so because they have such a strong lead, they actually is not the best company in the world to be working with. So um, one of the main reasons why EVGA have stepped away from working with them is because they have been struggling a lot with EVGA, uh, NVIDIA. Sorry, uh, One of the struggles that they faced was um, actually being held back when it comes to pricing. So imagine, imagine you have to produce an item, say nasi, uh, nasi lemak, right? So you're, you're making nasi lemak, but you cannot know the price of rice and santan that you need to buy to produce the nasi lemak until a few 
days before, right? And whatever the price that has been set is the price that you have to go with when it comes to selling. And you're being set also a, a, a hard limit, right? That is what's happening to EVGA and NVIDIA. NVIDIA would basically release the selling price that EVGA can actually sell. And the cost of making that particular card might actually be very close to the the retail price that NVIDIA sets. EVGA being the vendor itself can't buy contract they can't increase the price of the card so this actually obviously hurts them when they're selling cards so you they might be making like maybe three or two percent margin um when it comes to a particular card and this such small razor margin obviously hurts them and and on top of that nvidia have been also in a way really making it harder for them by not actually releasing the drivers to EVGA beforehand. So EVGA as a company, when you're making a particular hardware, you have to make sure that the hardware works well with the particular software that runs in the computer. So the drivers that they need to use, the software itself, to run the hardware, NVIDIA is the one who's holding it and they withheld the drivers until the last minute when they are about to release the card or whenever they are updating the card itself. This obviously hurts EVGA as a producer because then you would release a card and that card might not work right off the bat in day one, on day one because it doesn't work with the software itself, right? And customers would not complain to NVIDIA, rather they would complain to EVGA. And this costs them a lot in like customer support, in paying engineers to fix the, the, product, the, the, the issue. And all of this can be solved if they were to have the drivers beforehand. And, and, and they have other PR issues as well with NVIDIA, um, uh, withholding embargoes and stuff like that. Uh, and basically just, just making EVGA suffer for no reason, um, aside from NVIDIA as the leader in the market. Um, so because of all these reasons, EVGA have decided to actually move away from the market. This is surprising considering 80% of uh, EVGA's uh, business is uh, around GPUs, around graphics card. So I guess like you know, you're left with a like 20%. But EVGA did say that they are going to, to support the, the warranties of all the cards that have been sold. They do have some backlog to clear. And after that, um, they would actually refocus the employees from the GPU sector to, I guess, into their other um, divisions. They do have motherboards. They do have monitors. Um, however, those divisions are not obviously as big as their graphics cards division. So we'll see. Um, sadly for them, their motherboards haven't been getting the best rep from the public. Uh, but I do, I do hope the best for them, though. They sound, they sound sincere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how big of a blow this is to the market in general, especially to consumers? Uh, technically speaking, VGA is not the biggest in the market. They, I mean, their rivals like MSI or Asus is yeah relatively bigger than them uh, in some ways. Um, but the thing is, EVGA produces relatively affordable graphics card, right? So when how a particular graphics card is produced is you get a chip from the manufacturer, say AMD or Nvidia in this case, and then with that chip 
you build the PCB, the cooling and the whole architecture around it. Um, so the chip needs to work with the PCB and then the cooling technology that they've implemented uh, by the vendor, not by the not by the um, chip manufacturer. So that particular aspect is the one that controls the increase or decrease in prices, right? As a consumer, you would want good options uh, and uh, the ability to buy not so expensive cards if you don't have the the cash. So EVGA sits in between um, uh, the, if you were to say one end would be the cheaper ver- variants and the, the other end would be the very high end variants. EVGA is right in the middle, which is great for a lot of people. So if you, if you don't want to spend too much money, but you want great quality, you can go with EVGA. But now, since we've lost EVGA, customers have the options to either go with the big guys, say the Asus of the world, or go with the smaller uh, manufacturers, say Colorful uh, of the world, right? Colorful is a, a GPU manufacturer. Yeah, you can go and buy it from Colorful as well, but you can't expect, I guess, such great customer support or warranties from them as opposed to some uh, big hitter like EVGA. So I guess it hurts the consumer more rather than uh, anything else. But yeah, yeah, it's it's not a nice news to hear. All right. Okay. So, um, what about Nvidia? They've just um, recently announced the uh, RTX 40 series. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, the company seems to be moving forward with their products. And if I'm not mistaken, the cards are gonna be a bit more expensive than the RTX 30 series as well. Um, yeah. Where 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 else can they go from here? And is this a good thing for the industry? I mean, Nvidia continuing their dominance. As much as I know for a fact that AMD is is close behind, but um, Nvidia is pretty much. I mean, forgive my my observation of it. Uh, still pretty much the dominant player, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're still pretty much the dominant player. Um. So. With the 40, it'll be interesting. This is a very interesting, I guess, um, crossroad. Um, because NVIDIA is launching their latest 40 series actually, um, on the 12th of October, so this month, very soon. Um, but also, it's not going to be, as you mentioned, it's not going to be cheap. So, uh, it's, it's starting to sound like consumers are looking to have to, to, to pay about twice the normal retail price that is um, for a 30 series card. Based on NVIDIA's uh, PR talk, this is because of it being twice the the quality of what you get from the 30 series. Uh, debatable. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think I think NVIDIA is, is flying a bit too close to the sun, if I may say so. Yeah, simply because... We have quite big hard hitters uh, on the horizon, right? So AMD has been has been quite lacking in terms of ray tracing and in terms of dynamic sampling and and um, the newer technologies, but they are catching up really fast. So AMD have been quite open with their software, so they have been working with even Nvidia when it comes to their software. They allow users to use Nvidia graphics card to use technologies like FSR uh, to make their games uh, look better. Um, and because of this as well, um, companies like Intel, who are dipping their toes into the graphics card market, have been 
um, working with that uh, software that AMD released. And because of all of this, um, I guess consumers now have better options or at least more options to choose from, right? So if you don't mind not having extremely well-retraced games, which I'd say it's not too bad and not the end of the world, then you would be able to get a really decent graphics card in the near future with the release of um, Intel's new Arc graphics card lineup, um, which is to apparently uh, going to be cheaper than a 3060 from NVIDIA and it's going to be better. We'll see. Um, uh, and the new lineup that AMD is going to launch sometime in November uh, consumers have a lot to look forward to. It's going to be uh, good, I would say, for the, the market in general, especially consumer. The reason why I keep saying consumer is because most of these big companies like AMD, NVIDIA, and even Intel is looking to sell their cards to uh, bigger companies like Pixar and stuff like that who actually do a lot of heavy-duty graphics-related work. Uh, but hey, guys, this is a gaming show. So I'm going to be focusing on the consumer-related cards. So yeah, uh, I think it's looking great. It's looking great for our consumer sector. All right. And going back to uh, EVGA's departure from the graphics card um, business, will NVIDIA be worried? Uh, will this be, I guess, the beginning of maybe other vendors also leaving NVIDIA? Uh, I think I think a lot of people is is hoping for that as a consumer because then kind of like hoping to pull the reins a little bit on Nvidia's uh, lead and uh, er- some people might put it as arrogance but um, I don't know uh, if manufacturers were to pull away, more manufacturers were to pull away from uh, working with Nvidia. Uh, it might hurt the market quite a bit, right? Because then you are left with just AMD and Intel. And Intel is really new to the game. And AMD, uh, uh, as much as uh, it pains me to say, but they still haven't caught up with the technology that NVIDIA have, have produced. So, um, yeah, I don't think it helps the market at, at large um, if more manufacturers were to pull out. But if I were to say, would they be none that pulls out? I, I, I can't say no to that, uh, especially for the smaller manufacturers. Right? Say, let's take uh, Gigabyte, for example. Uh, they, they, they don't produce as diverse components as, say, MSI or ASUS, right? So they might hurt uh, themselves if they continue to work with, graphic, uh, with NVIDIA for too long. So they might reconsider and they might go back to the drawing board and talk to NVIDIA, draft up new contract, for example, um, which I hope, which I hope uh, realigns NVIDIA and how they do business with other people and again, make things better for consumers as a whole and for businesses as a whole. But yeah, um, unless NVIDIA tames their ego, I think this is not the last time we see a graphics card manufacturer pulling out of the business altogether. 
You're tuned into GG Well Paid, and that was my conversation with BFM's Najman Maliki about the current GPU market. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on BFM.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find this show on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Paid. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.